mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. G'day, my name is Nicole. G'day, Nicole. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. Coming up in today's show, we have three sections, Anything Goes, where we talk about nonsense, film stuff, our lives, etc. Nicole's doing a little dance that she can't see. <laughs> our main <laughs> section is, what are you doing? What is that hand waving? <laughs> you didn't learn that in, uh, in your dance classes, it like, did you? It looks like a, it looks like a cat. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> release yeah, your, yeah, release yeah. your inner cat, Nicole. <laughs> this, is, this is going <laughs> to a place that I didn't think it would. So the main part of our show is where we review the films we picked last week. And this week, our theme is female directors. We'll be talking about You Are Never Really Here and The Farewell. And then the last bit is we, we'll talk about a film Stitcher. where someone gets stitched up and they have to watch that film. It's something they don't want to watch, blah, blah, blah. And it's usually me, blah, blah, blah. I had to watch <laughs> Glitter, <laughs> Mariah Carey film. It's, yeah. Is it good? Oh, no. actually, wait. I'll, 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 we'll get to section three and I'll get to hear your All review. about it. Yeah, we'll sizzle Amazing. it. I saw earlier that you met a sheep. Yeah, um, I, our sheep are currently in our front yard at the moment. Dad moves them around the house throughout the year. And I was doing, I was testing a stop motion, another Make-A-Wish style stop motion. Yeah. And it's in a photo frame. And the, all of a sudden the sheep come running up to me and I'm like, you guys are usually scared of me and they like went up to the photo frame and like started sniffing it i was patting her as well i was like oh you're not scared of me this is actually kind of nice she wanted to be a star what the fuck are you doing with that tripod and your phone and stuff listen Um, don't film me this is my bad side (laughs) (laughs) you got any cows no we don't have any cows i used to have cows almost got hit by almost got hit by a cow (laughs) almost got hit by a cow that's yeah, something that's, I that's never probably, thought I would hear. <laughs> that's probably not the word. No, a cow almost uh, ran me over. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Was it one cow or many cows? There was this one bitch, and I will say she's a bitch. <laughs> she, um, I was, I, I was scared of feeding the cows at one point. This was, this is like over a decade ago, and I went out and I gave them their feed. And she was coming up to me and I was like, oh, no, it's all right. And then she started run. She started running after me. I was like, fuck this. So I like, ran for the gate and closed the gate. I was like, well, I'm not going back out there anytime soon. I'm not scared of cows anymore. I am scared of chickens, though. I don't go in our chicken coop. I remember uh, this was also a while ago. I went to my mate's house and they had like chickens roaming around in their backyard. I was like, oh, you've got chickens. And we were just like chatting and I had these red uh, heels on and my mates were like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, what? And the chicken was like right next to my feet. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I just like ran away from them. Chickens, what, like just admiring your red heels? They must have been. <laughs> they were I like, mean, oh, I wonder if they'll fit. <laughs> I wonder, is that, is that my friend? <laughs> is that my cousin? <laughs> is that my cousin? Bob? What? When I do have my own place one day, though, I want to get a chicken coop and actually have, like, fresh eggs. So I'll need to get over that fear at some point. 
my mum had chickens in Scotland. Oh, she yeah. had six, I think she had six chickens and uh, she mm. would get, yeah, they'd get eggs every day. And they were lovely eggs as well. They're so fresh. Many yeah. people have, that we've given our eggs uh, to, God, that sounds, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're like, they're the best, literally the best eggs. I, um, I also went for a, a drive on Sunday down the Great Ocean Road with my mate, Catherine. The stop we went to was to Lawn and there was these beautiful waterfalls. We walked down there and, you know, it's just so nice to chill out next to a waterfall and just zone out completely. You, you, it's funny, you're saying that like it's just an everyday thing. It's so lovely to just go and sit next to a waterfall. And I'm like, yeah, a, I've been to one waterfall in my life. No. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I went, dude. I've seen one waterfall and it was completely by accident. I mean, it wasn't massive or anything. Just this little stream and it was like super nice and lush and green around. I did slip a little bit and I kind of went into the water at one point. I feel like I've been on my screen so much lately that at least once, once a week I like to get out and, you know, chill out in nature, either go for a hike or, you know, hang out with the waterfall and just zone out completely. I think this Sunday we're also going to Trentham Falls which is like about 40 minutes away near Hanging Rock. Hanging Rock. I like the sound of this Hanging Rock. I want to, I need to go there. Yeah. When you do come. Uh, when I come to Melps. We can drink lots of coffee. Hopefully you get your uh, eating habits have changed and we can stuff it for you with lots of different cuisines here. It There's would so be wonderful. Food. Yeah. I'll be happy to just eat a bowl of spaghetti, to be honest. I think that's enough about me, what things I've been up to. I'll talk about films in a sec. What have you been up to, Dan? I think last time I explained about falling off my bike and stuff again, and I, I've done mm. some damage to my hands, so I've not been able to do that much stuff. So I've had a bit of a quiet week, so I've been a bit bored. Yeah, so, uh, so I've been trying to entertain myself. So I ran out of sea salt spray. I used sea salt spray in my hair, okay. and I've run out. So I thought, well, if it's just water and salt, I'll make my own. So I've got... Uh, <laughs> It's a, there's no there's no funny story to this. Like it's just I made my own sea salt spray. <laughs> that's as interesting as the story like, gets. It yeah, it's all right. It's not as good as the the stuff that you buy. So I've been putting more salt in it, but I yeah. mixed a bit of coconut oil with it, warm water. So it smells like my hair smells like salty coconuts. Mm-hmm. And the idea is it, it's meant to look like I've been at a beach. You live near the seaside, so why why not just get some sea sea water and then chuck it on your head? I didn't think of that. (laughs) (laughs) See this this is this is why we're friends. Like I tell you what I'm doing and you tell me where I'm going wrong. That's why (laughs) this dynamic works. (laughs) Oh brilliant. (laughs) There we go. So the most exciting thing that I've done all week and you've just pissed on my strawberries. Let's talk about films, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about films. I watched a film called, more of a documentary, documentary, it's like more of a behind the scenes thing about the movie Flash. Oh, the Flash superhero film, the campy one. It's about that. It's about, about, you haven't seen the film, Flash. No. Flash Gordon. Gordon's live. 
it's a very campy film. It's like a childhood film. It's it's cheesy as fuck, right? But yeah. it's got um, and it was had interviews with the, some of the cast and all that sort of stuff, and that was all right. It was it wasn't as re- revealing as I was hoping it was going to be. There was no sort of yeah. new information. It just gave a bit more about the behind the scenes, the weight of the suits, how they filmed it. Like Sam Jones, the the main guy, Flash Gordon, he fell out with a producer so that when they'd finished recording, they didn't bring him back for any additional dialogue. They got someone else to dub his, his acting. So there's some interesting stuff in there, but it wasn't, it was not, it was all right to pass an hour and a half. I watched a film called the high life, which, or just high life, which was directed by Claire Denis, which is Robert Pattinson Mm -hmm. in space. And he's like a prisoner and he's got a daughter in space and you can't really say much more about it because it gives, it gives away the plot, but it's a very cerebral, quiet film set in space it's a thing it's a it's a good film i i, I really liked it uh and then i watched spider-man into the spider-verse which is always fun to watch it's really good is that the one that came out last year or the year before i think i think it was 2018 maybe mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome it's so funny there's a lot of in jokes references a lot of previous spider-man films but it also has its own thing and it's spider-verse so it's like the multiverse and there's loads of characters like from the comics there's a there's, so there's different versions of Spider-Man. You've got the original Peter Parker, then you've got Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and then you've got Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman, and then you've got Peter Porker, which is a pig, and he's called Spider-Pig. And you've got <laughs> Spider-Man Noir, and yeah, so it's like, it's, 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 I love it. It's a really good, funny film. What, yeah. uh, what, what you been watching? Well, not intentionally. The first four movies that I put on after the podcast... Yeah. I've all been female directors, coincidentally. Brilliant. Um, so the first movie I watched was The Kindergarten Teacher. Have you heard of that? We're just going to say Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> no, I was watching that when I was younger, actually. There is no bathroom! Yeah. What's, so what's Kindergarten Teacher, then? Um, it's about this kindergarten teacher. Funny oh, okay. Enough. There's a really gifted uh, child in her in her class, and he he can just come up with poems naturally. And she's doing yeah. this poem kind of class outside of work. So she's, she steals his uh, poems and like the class are really impressed by her, but she wants to try and what she's trying to do is um, then show this boy to the class and be like, Oh, you know, how amazing is this kid? And he should get published and stuff. But in the end, it was quite a beautiful film. It was just like those little things like with schools and like, and because, you know, I work with make tuition stuff, when I see things like that, I'm like, you can't, you, you're not even supposed to be touching the kid. Like, there's n- you're, not have, you're not supposed to have any type of contact when you're in that type of environment kind of thing. So, so she, she was constantly, like, crossing the boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then the next, uh, I watched a documentary called Blackfish. It's upsetting, isn't it? It is very upsetting. It's amazing how the final incident could have been stopped if, you know, they recognised the whole situation like 20 years beforehand. I remember finding it quite um, upsetting. Yeah. It was the first time I've ever watched it. Mm. I'm glad I watched it. I, I probably will watch it again at some point as well. Classic film that I watched was Something, Something's Gotta Give. I've not heard with, of this. Um, with Jack Nicholson. This is Bachelor and he gets with like younger women. Anyways, he's yeah. dating this younger woman 
and they go to her mum's uh, beach house one weekend and her mum coincidentally is there with uh, her auntie yeah and he constantly gets a heart attack and then she ends up her um her mum ends up taking care of him and they end up kind of getting into a relationship with each other but oh, he's yeah. not one to be in a relationship Keanu Reeves is in it as well and becomes a love interest as well in this film. Um, And then finally, oh God, this film was fucking terrible. So I watched and I saw it on like people's Instagrams and I was like, oh yeah, I'll see what this film's about. So it's 365 days. No, 365 (laughs) days. Okay. Yeah. I've seen this on the, the Netflix top 10 things as well. Oh, What's it about? Just think, it's like 50, well, and I'm, I'm a female, right? I've never watched Fifty Shades of Grey, any of them. And I, uh, it's a bit like that. Oh, I see. But, yeah. but even more degrading and just, I gave it half a star. Yeah, a lot, just a lot of him trying to get blowjobs from other girls. And you <laughs> see that on, on camera. I'm just like, oh. Anyway, it was fucking terrible. Don't ever oh. want to watch that film again. Well, there you go. Nick's <laughs> top tip, don't watch 365 Days because it's crap. Let's move on from Anything Goes. Let's get on to the main bit, the main section, and we're here to talk about female-directed films. We had You Were Never Really Here and The Farewell. I started with You Were Never Really Here, and I think we should start with that one now. Okay, You Were Never Really Here, 2017, directed by Lynn Ramsey. It's a short one, 89 minutes long. And the synopsis reads, a traumatised veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Joe, Judith Roberts as Joe's mum, Ekaterina Samsonov as Nina, John Doman as John McCleary, and Alex Manette as Senator Albert Votto. The budget was 2.5 million and the worldwide box office was 7.4 million. That's not bad. Really cheap. Yeah. 2.5 million. It's got a big name in it. It's um, it's a few locations. So the opening scene is um, Joe is trying to kill himself and he's kind of having these emotional flashbacks. And we learn that he's looking after his mum and he's like a private eye or some kind of... private detective and his job is to track down missing girls girls that have been kidnapped and in the case of the the most recent job that he's taken he's got to track down a senator senator's daughter senator Votto. she's gone missing um and it's suspected that she's been taken into this uh underage sex trafficking ring so he's got to go and track her down and rescue her and you think that's kind of going to be the main plot of the film but it's not he no. gets hold of her about halfway through. He finds her and he finds this house and he mm-hmm. brutally takes out everyone in the house. But you're quite, it's, it, I think it was done really well because you're, he's taking people out with his hammer and it's brutal, brutally done, but it's done in black and white through CCTV cameras. Yeah. Kind of a bit disconnected from it. So I, I think that was a really good way of, way of doing that. But yeah, so halfway through he gets a girl and it's more about, it's it's more about his character than than anything else I thought, and mm-hmm. it's uh, very it's very quiet. But I I really like this film. I, I watched it. When did I watch it? I, I watched it for the first time maybe six months ago, 
and I wanted to watch it again, which is why I put it why I put it on the list. What's your take on it? Like, what did you think of the style of this, filmmaking? The style of the film kind of reminds me of um, Nicholas Winding Refn's yeah. films like Drive and like Only, For- Only God Forgives. Yeah. Like uh, very minimal dialogue cinematically and the sound is phenomenal. Sound design, Johnny Greenwood did the, um, the sound and the score for this, who's from Radiohead. Okay. And he's he's done a few films before, and all of it, he's he's always he always does a, a brilliant job at kind of immersing the sound in the story. I get I I guess that's always kind of the intention, but you really feel it in in this mm-hmm. case. And yeah. I really liked the, the the transition from like there was a, one scene in particular where I noticed where there was a really quiet scene in the in a suburban neighbourhood where Whacking Phoenix is looking after his mum. It's quiet. And then he leaves the house and then it just cuts to a busy city street with all of the traffic and noise going on. And it was just, but it was, it was very noticeable. Maybe because I listened to it with headphones as well and the the sound up quite loud. It was quite startling when it changed. And I really liked that. I really liked, liked that transition. The sound in general had some really good stuff in it. Like to get to, it's because I think it's so, it's so well done that I think to do that on two and a half million was really good. And I think they had, minimal prep time as well from what I heard that Joaquin Phoenix was meant to be doing a film but that fell through That's right. yeah because when they when she did approach him about it uh, yeah he had a number of films going on and he's like yeah. oh I don't know if I can fit this in as you said yeah and they they actually this was the first director that he never met in person they just had a phone call and um he also read the script and wasn't a hundred percent sure exactly how it was gonna gonna be shown in a way. So I ended up watching this film twice over a, a couple of days. I watched this, <laughs> funny enough, I watched this with my mum and I told her <laughs> that it, it was gonna be a mess up film and I, I'm, I was pretty sure she wouldn't enjoy it and she didn't enjoy it. Yeah. She's like, I didn't get that. I'm like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. Um, and I also like, after watching it twice, I needed to watch some like, behind the scenes and find out exactly what was what was the story about. Because I was a little bit confused at the end how he gets to the house and everyone is literally dead. And Nina, um, she's eating some food. And I, I didn't I didn't pick it up at the, st- at the end uh, when I was watching it. She's uh, eating, she's eating the food and it's the same knife that she kills the senator with. Yeah. It's not what you, what not what you expect. Particularly, yeah. it kept me guessing the whole way through because, like yeah. I say, halfway through he he rescues Nina, and you think, oh well, where's it going to go from here? Because usually a film would build up to that, and that would be the final, yeah. final scene. So you had that really powerful scene with him rescuing her right in the middle, and I was thinking, where's it going to go? And then she gets taken back, and he's got to find her, and you and he's all this time battling his own trauma and his own demons. And his mother get actually gets killed by these people that, that are taking the girls. And he takes her corpse and takes her body. And he's kind of no funeral. He doesn't arrange a funeral. He just dumps her in the lake <laughs> as you do. But he's also, I am. Um, he's also trying to kind of commit suicide at yeah. the same time. He puts her in the lake as well. And yeah. then as he's in the water, you know, he keeps on getting these flashbacks about Nina and his 
now thinking, oh, maybe I've got a purpose of living if yeah. I find this girl. So that's why he gets rid of all the rocks in his jacket. Yeah. And he comes up to the surface and finds her. I, that um, looked amazing, I thought. That underwater scene where he's yeah. dropping his mum. And then, like you say, the rocks come out. He takes the rocks out and then he starts swimming up. That reminded me of Get Out, where he goes into the hypnotised world. I forget what it's called, but it's kind of looked similar. Um, that imagery was was really amazing, I thought. The final scene that they have in the end. In the diner. She walks off and then he, like, it looks like he shoots himself. Yeah. And, that, like, everyone is, like, normal everyone's fine and then yeah. like even the um waitress comes and like have a nice day and puts the docket down and then yeah, yeah that line that uh, nina says like it's a it's a beautiful day outside yeah so when she comes back he's obviously still alive so i guess i don't know that's like it's the death of his old self maybe who knows but uh, yeah yeah uh, that's i mean maybe reading too much into it but I, that was what what i was thinking like He's let go of that now. I'd probably watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it a few more times. I've got to order it because it's a, it's a brilliant film and I want to watch some of the, see if there's some um, director's commentary and stuff. There's a couple of movie references in this film. Psycho is playing, Mother's watching Psycho and then he references Psycho with the knife. Eek, eek, eek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got that kind of Norman Bates vibe, but he's not that character. It's just, I guess, referencing that messed up kind of side, tra- childhood trauma. Shawshank Redemption is playing in the background of a hotel, apparently. Um, and I didn't notice that, but I, I'd heard that on some review. I've got a little fact a little fact here, right? So uh, apparently there's an article on Rolling Stone. And what they say is that Lynn Ramsey had sent an audio file to Joaquin Phoenix when they were discussing the character. She'd sent an audio file to him that just had fireworks and gunshots on. <laughs> she said... This is, wow. uh, listen to this. This will give you an idea of what I think is going on in the character's head. And that, that makes co- complete sense because it's just chaos, isn't it? It's, it things yeah. things go up in volume, things go down in volume. A lot of the time things are muffled. You can't quite see what's going on. Um, mm. I think they just portrayed his character very well. You see why they got him for Joker after totally. watching his performance in this, yeah. No, there was no other choice, really. And I do feel like... A lot of people say that uh, Joker's used, obviously, Taxi Driver as imp- inspiration, which obviously they did, and I think Todd Phillips has even has even said that. But I would I would argue that there's some influence from this film as well. Like, there's a lot a lot of that character work, that trauma, the kind of strange sound design. I feel like was kind of influenced by in, in Joker was influenced by you. Never really hear a bit. I might be wrong, but I just like you say. I feel like there's a lot of crossover there. I, yeah, I love it. I, I really like this film, and and I think I really like love Whacking Phoenix in Joker. But this is his his best performance in my in my opinion. Is is this one? I just don't think there's he's done anything. He, he's done anything better. Did he win any Oscars or anything for this film? I don't think so. I don't think this film got nominated for anything. I'm sure it won. Um, I think it won an award in Cannes. Okay. Um, yeah. When it when it was released, and it got a lot of buzz, and 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 people loved it, but. For some reason, it, it sort of went under the radar a little bit. I don't think I'd heard of it until it came out on on home release. Nine, nine out of ten. Nine yeah. out of ten. I can't really think of anything bad about it, so it might it may even push a ten. I'd probably have to watch it a few more times. If it's got that rewatch factor, yeah. then it, it would break a ten. But nine, nine, I'm going for nine. I'll give it a nine as well. Niner. You were Niner. never really here. Nine points out of ten. We've settled it. 
and now no one ever needs to talk about it again because we've settled it and it's <laughs> nine out of ten done um shall we move on to the farewell yeah okay farewell this was in your list um and i picked i picked this from your three 2019 100 minutes long directed by lulu wang i'm going to read the synopsis quickly here so anyway. a headstrong chinese american woman returns to china when her beloved grandmother is given a terminal diagnosis Billy struggles with her family's decision to keep grandma in the dark about her own illness as they all stage an impromptu wedding to see grandma one last time. Um, it's her second, it was Lulu Wang's second ever feature. Her first was called Posthumous, which came out in 2014 and stars Britt Marlin, who was in a film you mentioned to me a while ago called Another Earth. Right, so, so, the, main, so the main cast, Aquafina as Billy and Sal Shuzan as Nainai, probably mispronounced that, but they're the two, two main two main people budget was three million and the worldwide box office was 22 and a half million so it made wow. a bit of money made a bit of money I, honestly i thought that it had done more money than that though i thought it was because i remember it being kind of a big deal when it came out maybe yeah. because it just got a lot of us oscar buzz i don't think it got nominated though did it there was it was one of those movies that should have been nominated for best picture for this Do you year think so? it yeah it was a, it was a strong year um it was a strong year I I don't agree with you, no, but yeah, it was okay. really it was really well only because it was such a strong year, and, and I don't, I'm not sure what I would kick out of that year to put the farewell in. I don't think I could take it from my personal view. So it's an A24 film, A24 produced film. They do a lot of they do a lot of exciting stuff. Um, so yeah, so the grandmother Nai Nai, she has stage four lung cancer, and she's been given three months to live. The family don't tell her, and they want to just kind of let her live the last months of her life ignorance is bliss i guess kind of thing and i didn't realize that that how common that was in that in that culture um yeah. but it's basically about them covering it up and like we said it there's a fake wedding that's been planned but they don't really want to get married they just want to go and everyone wants to go and see their, their nan in china so aquafina is uh, living in new york with her her immediate family her mum and her dad and she finds out that or, or we're introduced to the character and clearly she's kind of quite a uh, wears her heart on her sleeve sort of character she says what she's thinking and i guess she kind of represents western culture I, this is my take on it it might be completely wrong but obviously yeah. she wants she she finds out that her grand's dying and everyone's keeping it from her grand and she kind of disagrees she wants to tell her grand right and I, yeah. for me it was that kind of it was it was that representation of western and eastern ideals but she agrees to keep them and um i will go over and see her see her nan in in china you like you obviously you picked this last week so um, yeah. this is this is one of yours and you you must have liked it because you watched it on the plane i think you said so you must have liked it because you picked it again i wish i watched this on the plane coming to melbourne and i actually got it kind of reminds me of my family so really yeah because I I'm first generation Australian, so all my yeah. uh, my parents were born in Malta, and my whole family is there. Literally, I've only got some second cousins here. I don't have the it's not I don't have the same connection as Billy has with her Nina that she like calls her all the time and talks to her in that way. Yeah, but with um with my grandfather, I guess yeah. I remember the last time I saw him which was around this time five years ago, he had a fall. And yeah. um, everyone, when I rocked up to the house, 
everyone was really concerned and I thought he was like on his deathbed but he was fine and everyone was very serious and I was the only one with him that I could joke around with him a little bit but every time I would it was like heading back to Australia and saying goodbye to them it was a very hard thing for me uh yeah I can imagine I don't it's not like we live three hours away or anything it's 24 hours to go see them so it was a very heartbreaking it's very heartbreaking when your your family is on the other side of the world and you can't see them and yeah it's really it's just yeah this film hit me a little bit it sounds like it's quite personal personal to you as well and that's a that's a big factor in films isn't it yeah, I, I think so. If you've got already got that kind of emotional connection, like me with Locke, in many ways, there are many things about that character, like with his dad and stuff. And I just really, I was like, yeah. And that just gives it that extra emotional connection, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not, it, I've, got, I've got to say, it was a very, it was a very touching film and very well made. I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be a bit funnier. And the only reason I say that is because um, Aquafina is, is brilliant she's she's really funny and she was really she but she really dialed it back for this film she wasn't she she was funny in parts there were humorous moments but it wasn't for me i don't think i laughed out loud at all it was just kind of like oh you know (laughs) but it was very touching but her performance was very dialed back i thought and you could really see her like vulnerability and stuff and i thought she was fantastic also They've got many shots of like either just Billy walking towards the camera or, you know, a whole group of them walking towards the camera very slowly. And there's the soundtracks that they have for that. It's just something I liked with the film as yeah. well. I didn't really notice the soundtrack, I must say. I didn't I didn't notice it. There was it was only the only time I noticed it is when she was playing a piano. And I loved that scene. I just that was that's probably the scene that stands out to me more than anything else, to be honest, because it was the family gathering and she was, she'd said, already said just prior, she hasn't played the piano in years, I think. And then all of a sudden she's on this piano and she's playing this really aggressive, like classical tune. And it was just like, oh shit, she's feeling angry and uh, torn apart on the inside. And that was just a really powerful, powerful scene, I think. Oh, oh incidentally, um, that piano was Lulu Wang playing. Yeah, I was Did you know to this? say that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I stole your thunder. No, no, that's all right. I tell a lie. This it did make me laugh out loud. It was at the cemetery. They're going to visit the grandfather, uh, Nine Eyes' dead husband. Obviously, he's dead. He's in the cemetery. And then Nine Eyes doing like you know, please you know, look after the family, look after Billy, and she does bow, and they do three bows, and then she's like, look <laughs> after my sister. <laughs> she's like bows, bow does three, and then um, I think they they do it like. 20 odd times or something uh, that that made me laugh because she just kept doing the bows i thought that scene was very good it's probably the second most standout scene for me the uh, one scene that i really enjoy as well is when billy's just arrived and i think it's the next day and her mum uh, her nana is doing some like tai chi in the garden and that was brilliant and Billy's not really taking it seriously. And her and is like, no, like, come on, get it out of you. And then the final scene is of um, Billy. She just goes, ha! Yeah. And the next minute you see a clip of Nai and she is still 
uh, apparently alive after six years of being diagnosed with lung cancer. She's actually still still here with us. Yeah, it's a it's a tr- it's a true story. Obviously, I've got a real nine eye in there, but it's it's Lulu Wang's nine eye. It's actually her. This is about her own family, which I had no idea about. It's it's a very touching story. The real nine eye, obviously, never found out about the, the the cancer up until the point they were even making this film. Nine eye went on set that she was watching scenes being filmed. She no still way. didn't know. They hid the title of the film from her because the title of the film in, in Chinese translates as uh, Don't Tell Her. So they even wow. hid the title of the film. They, like, but she didn't find out until January this year that she had cancer. Uh, wow. And she'd only found out because I think someone read her, sent her a review of the film. All of this, all this time, she had no idea. I thought, that was, I, thought, I thought that was really, really fascinating. Little minor fact, um, the person who plays Nai Nai's sister in the film is the real, mm-hmm. is the real Nai Nai's sister. She's the real little, little Nai Nai, they call her. I, re- I really liked this film, but I didn't love it. it. For me, it's a 7 out of 10. Pretty solid. Because, I guess because it personally hits me yeah. in a way. I would either give it a 9, almost a 10. Really? That high? Yeah, just because of the whole, it just, I, it reflects on how I see my family in a way. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I really loved it. Score's really high for you then. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm First glad. We, we haven't scored very similar, which I'm glad. It's pretty, well. it's pretty similar. Like, seven's a good score. I think seven, I've been too, I think I'm too generous on scoring sometimes. I think seven's a, seven's a solid score. I may watch it again if someone's got it or they want to watch it or whatever. Then I probably would watch it again, and maybe I would get more from it uh, a second time round. Because, like I say, I was expecting it to be funnier and more comical, mm-hmm. so I went in expecting a good old laugh. And then it's about like obviously a dying woman, so it's not it's not as morbid as it sounds in many ways. But yeah. um, there is stuff in there that's that's fun and, and comical. I just wanted more of that, I guess. Right, shall we, shall we move on to the next part where we pick our films for the next episode? Yeah. Are you ready to do that? I'm Let's do it. That. So in the next episode, we're, I, I've chosen the, the theme this time, but it's very much based on one of our listeners uh, on Instagram. They've got an account called film.foods, and yeah. obviously the account is about food in film. And we haven't done anything like that before. So I was thinking, let's do a theme based on that. So I didn't give you too much context, really. I just said, should we just do like food in films? So it's, it's, it's kind of open to interpretation. I've got a few. I've got a few picks. Yeah, I've got a solid three. I also messaged um, film.foods and I've got their recommendations. So I'll, uh, I'll say that at the end. Have you used okay. any of their recommendations? Uh, well, I chose the films before they uh, messaged right. me. Okay. Um, but they have chosen one of the films that I, I've got on my list. I found this topic quite hard. I didn't feel like there was much to choose from. A lot of films have got food in them. Yeah. But I was trying to think, how is the food involved with the plot? Or is it, you know, there, I was trying to find something that was more integral to the film itself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you could just pick Rush Hour where they eat a Chinese in a restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> I've got, I know I've got one like that. So <laughs> yeah, I've, cool. got, I've got one like that. So I've got three. My first pick is Raw 2016. What's the matter? I've chosen that as well. <laughs> oh, no, you ain't because I've got it. You've got to choose another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I, can, I can go for other ones. Yeah, cool. All right, so we've got Raw. Next, next choice is Chef. Fuck off! Uh, so you've got raw, you've got raw and chef. Yeah, that's all right. I'll um, I've got some other options on my swap list. Them out. All right, fair enough. My my last choice is Big Trouble in Little China, because <laughs> because the main character drives a truck that is called the Pork Chop Express. What are your other options? What are you going to go for? Do you think? Yeah, because I would have originally had a uh, chef and raw. Yeah. The other one that was on that is on my list is toast. I'm now going to say that's my first pick. Okay, toast. The hundred foot journey, and my third pick is a documentary, and it's called Jiro Jiro's Dream of Sushi. Okay, so it's taken us four years to come up with six (laughs) films between us, but we've done it, and we've got. um, I picked. Raw Chef and Big Trouble in Little China, and you picked Toast, 100 Foot Journey, and Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Do you know what you would knock out of mine? I will cut out Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. It does look like, it looks like a pretty funny film though. To be honest, yeah, it's one of my favourite films of all time. I absolutely love this film. And I wasn't expecting you to choose it. It was sort of a bit of a joke. And, I was sort of struggling with other stuff to put on, to be honest. Big Trouble in Little China is gone. Toast, is that, has that got Bradley Cooper in it? Toast. No, I think you're thinking of um, Burnt. Burnt. I'm thinking of Burnt. Well, apparently, <laughs> what I heard is there's going to be a crossover between the two and they're going to call it Burnt Toast. Oh, brilliant. Burnt. Well yeah, there we go. That's it. I can go now. I'm going. The podcast is done. <laughs> Um, oh, cut, right. I've got to knock one of yours out. I'm, I'm, fuck it. I'm going for it. I'm knocking out toast. Oh, no. Okay, cool. Um, yep. why, <laughs> why am I knocking it out? The other two just sounded more interesting to me. You sold them more. So we're now left with Raw and Chef in my list and 100 Foot Journey and Jiro Dreams of Sushi in your list. Right. I'm going to read the synopsis for Raw. What are you hungry for? Question mark. In Justine's family, everyone is a vet and a vegetarian. At 16, she's a gifted teen ready to take on her first year in vet school, where her older sister also studies. There, she gets no time to settle. Hazing starts right right away. I don't know what that means. Um, Justine is forced to eat raw meat for the first time in her life. Unexpected consequences emerge as her true self begins to form. So it's about a vegetarian that starts eating meat, and I suspect it's going to be a lot deeper psychologically than that. It, I mean, the picture looks dark. <laughs> I just can't take my eyes off it. God, that sounds interesting. Um, okay, and that's, that's Raw. Chef, 2014, <laughs> directed by John Favreau. Again, haven't seen this. And here's the synopsis. Starting from scratch, never tasted so good. That's the tagline. When Chef Cole Casper suddenly quits his job at a prominent Los Angeles restaurant after refusing to compromise his creative integrity for its controlling owner. He is left to figure out what's next. Finding himself in Miami, he teams up with his ex-wife, his friend and his son to launch a food truck. 
taken to the road, Chef Carl goes back to his roots to reignite his passion for the kitchen and a zest for life and love. Um, sounds a bit cheesy. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. I wish I'd read that before I chose it, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so The 100 Foot Journey 2014 film. A Holstrom beautiful captures the aesthetics of food in his French location. The, what? Is that a review? That's a review. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's not what I read before. God, what a dickhead. One sec. You there said you it. Me- that's what I, <laughs> I was like, that's not what I read before. Okay. A story centered around an Indian family who moved to France and opened a restaurant across the street from Michelin star French, from a Michelin star French restaurant. So that's a hundred foot journey that was made in 2014. Yeah. Helen Mirren is in it. Helen Mirren's in it. Yeah. I might get an extra few points for that. Yeah. I'm just writing that down. Helen Mirren. She's from my hometown. Is she? Is she? Yeah, she's from Leon C. I've got, I've got a lot of respect for her. She's, I love her. I think, I think she's, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's great. Um, Jiro dreams of sushi. Jiro dreams Jiro of sushi dreams is about a man who dreams of fish. <laughs> That's like the Pitron letterbox is literally a fish being opened up. I'm sorry. What do you mean? Opened up in what way? Sexually? Like cut open. All no. right. <laughs> it's a bit dark, isn't it? I, I was thinking it was going to be a sequel to The Shape of Water. Yeah, exactly what that's going to be. I want to. I kind of want to watch that film in a way, Shape of Water. Oh, I'm not interested anyway. in watching that at all. Yeah, stitch up. No, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. <laughs> Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi 2011 film directed by David Glebe revered sushi chef Jiro Ono Ono strives for perfection in his work while his eldest son has trouble living up to his father's legacy and it's a documentary okay so we've got a feature and a documentary left in yours alright I'm going to go for Helen Mirren 100 foot journey Awesome. We're keeping that. What are you thinking? What are you leaning towards? What's your thought process? What's your process? Tell me about your process. What is it? Like every journalist oh, said to every actor ever. What are you wearing? Tell me what you're wearing. That's what every fucking woman actress gets. Back to films. Yeah. I, I love Chef, but you did think it was a bit cheesy. Yeah. And the 100 foot journey seems like a really nice, uh, just like an easy film to watch. Okay. I think I'm going to not choose Chef and go something a bit dark and a little bit, and a little bit raw and go with raw. You know what I mean? You're going to keep in raw on the basis of that's a bit dark and 100 foot journey might be a bit more uplifting. Is that what you're trying to? I think so. And I've also. Is that your thought process? That is, my, that is my thought process. If you, I think if you choose Jiro, uh, Jiro's uh, Journey of Sushi, I think I would have went the other way around. Okay. Potentially. 
great we've done it then so ne- next episode will be our food in films film food whatever we end up calling it episode and the two films we've chosen are raw and 100 foot journey and i haven't seen either of them so i shall have to be paying close attention this time like i always do yeah i don't do my knitting that much do you what are you just going to focus on helen mirror and on I'll probably be focusing on Helen Mirren quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I mentioned before that I message film Doc Foods and yeah. I I asked them what they would have chosen if you know how in episode fifteen I chose you, you and Albert I chose three films each for you. Yes. And three for Albert. I yeah. I asked them that question, but instead of that, they gave me a list of movies, which is fantastic. <laughs> Go on. So, what you got? Uh, film- Films that they would have chosen or picks that they like is uh, Tam Popo, which is a 1985 film, okay. Japanese film inspired, uh, which inspired their account, apparently. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's film Pulp Fiction, obviously because of like the, of the diner. Diner, diner burger scene. Nice choice. The Big Kaluna Burger, they mentioned. Chef. Okay. Yeah, would have been on my list and was on your list. Yep. Uh, Eat, drink, man, woman, nineteen ninety four woman. Uh, nineteen ninety four woman. Nineteen ninety four film. Yes. And the okay. other one was like water for chocolate. And wow. then other suggestions they said was uh, for good movie uh, food scenes. Uh, yeah. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Hook. Hook. Yeah. Uh, Bangarang. Babette's feast. Ratatouille. The hundred foot journey, which I actually chose. Journey was on there. Yes. I didn't even even see that. We did that on purpose. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, Julie and Julia, which I've seen before. That's a really nice film, but I don't think you would have enjoyed that film. In the mood for love. Waitress, Burnt, and Willy Wonka. Oh, Burnt. No, that's the Bradley Cooper one. And yeah. Willy Wonka. Interesting. Yeah. Quite a rich mix of films there. Like I probably was, I was thinking more like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they eat pizza. That's how <laughs> my mind works. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on actually a post that they did. They had um, a shot of the Matrix with the two different pills. Yeah. And someone commented on that post saying, oh, are pills of food now? And they're like, yeah, they could be. <laughs> well, yeah, you technically you digest them, don't you? I'd count, count it. Brilliant. Well, thanks for those suggestions, uh, film foods in, in Oz. Thanks for your account. And uh, yeah. yeah, so next, next episode will be our, our, our food in films episode. So should we move on to the last part of the show, which is Stitch yeah. Up? And um, last time... We tossed a coin and I lost and I had to watch Glitter. And Glitter is a film that's got Mariah Carey in it. And uh, it's, you really, you've really stitched me up. That's the name of the, the, the bit in the show, right? It's called Stitch Up. But you've really oh, taken boy. it to a new level. Last week with Cats and then this week, <laughs> I think it's the worst like two-week bounce on the bounce films that I've watched ever in my life. Glitter, 2001, directed by Von D. Curtis Hall. Synopsis, in music, she found her dream, herself, her love. 
I might have screwed it up already. Um, a young woman is catapulted into pop stardom with her already famous DJ boyfriend calling the shots. So Mariah Carey, she's, I've never seen her acting anything, including this film. So she's a singer um, in a club and she's working for this kind of shady character, Terence Howard. Uh, so Terence Howard is in charge of her. But she's got this amazing voice. So there's this DJ in a club and uh, there's this really cheesy scene. The DJ spots Mariah Carey right in a crowd and he points to her and it literally goes into slow motion as he's pointing to her like, you, points at her. Anyway, he goes and talks to Mariah Carey and he, found, he actually finds out that Terence Howard owns Mariah Carey. So he buys her. Um, off of Terence Howard and then he makes her famous gives her finds her a record deal and stuff and he ends up they end up falling in love out of nowhere right he one minute he's just great all in love and it's all hunky-dory and then out of nowhere he decides that he's going to be a bitter and twisted character so there's no like no development there at all and that's all of my notes look I I ain't I ain't got much to say about glitter mate um, the only thing, the thing that I kept thinking of when I was watching this film was, I kept thinking the Kasabian line, all this blood and glitter, it tastes so bitter. And it's from, uh, it's from a Kasabian song, Rewired, but I just thought that that yeah. was so relevant. <laughs> I just kept thinking, tastes so bitter. Um, it's bad, man. This is a bad film, like through and through. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know what anyone was thinking. I don't know what anyone was, what were they, th- it was awful the acting's bad there's things happen kind of out of nowhere you see what they're doing because they're they're ripping off a star is born but it's just there's there's no depth of characters all of the characters around the main character billy they're all men that are trying to control or whatever and i guess it's kind of about her you know becoming empowered and stuff and there's this whole subplot about her mum she lost her mum when she was a kid um, and i thought she was dead but in the end, it turns out she's still alive and she's, and I didn't really, I don't know if that was just because I wasn't paying attention, but it probably was that, but that was a complete surprise to me. Um, but basically what happens is in the film is i mentioned that the DJ gets all bitter and twisted and he probably had a name, but I'm not going to bother myself with figuring out what that was. I'm just going to call him the DJ. He, yeah. he gets the massive arm. They have an argument. They, he, they split up because he begins to resent her success. So he's really upset and he goes off and he decides that he's going to play his xylophone for a bit. Uh, and then he gets shot in the chest and it, all of these scenes just happen, but out of like, with no kind of contextual build up before there's, there are scenes where he's, he's crying and he's playing a piano and it's pretty hilarious. There's a scene where he's wearing a black vest and like a gold chain and some sunglasses and that's pretty hilarious as well. I've written my final thought on the film is cheese on toast bollocks. Um, cheese I think on I'd, toast bollocks. I love that. On, I'm going to use more often. I'm going to put that on my letterbox for this film. Just cheese on toast bollocks. It sums it up perfectly. <laughs> it's the cheesiest film you can ever see. You can ever watch. Um, I, would, I would rather wear a toe ring for a year than have to watch this film again. I, I would still I would rather watch this than Cats though I have to say because this is funny this is the sort of film that you could sit around with your mates and watch it because of how monumentally shit it is like almost to the room not quite on the you know in the room where they've got 
you know the stories they got pictures of spoons in the background because oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah but this is almost at that level it really is um okay. pretty fucking hilarious if you watch it with your mates not on your own right let's uh should we move on because i'm sick of talking about stitch up now let's move on to the next bit where we find out who's watching artemis fowl last week we decided we we're gonna instead of picking a film each we decided we we're just gonna pick one film between us uh and it's either gonna be me or you that watches this oh, this gem yeah. this nugget that seems to have appeared out of the ether and just landed in everyone's subscription one box. of us i'm i'm curious to see how shit it well <laughs> yeah I'm not saying that I want to watch it, but I just want to hear it. Just like Hats, like I want to hear how shit this film is, actually. Right, let's have, let's have a look at these results then. So it, was, it went on Instagram yesterday, 24 hours. It's finished now. It actually ran, ran its whole course. We had 12 votes this week. Well, it's not bad. Not bad. And eight people voted for the loser. Yeah, so it was pretty, oh, I know exactly <laughs> it pretty, who's fucking watching. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a landslide. It's a landslide. Nicole, but everyone right. wants you to watch Artemis Fowl, mate. <laughs> They're sick of hearing me talk about cats. and. They're probably like, oh, let's, let's give Dan a week off. Let's give get a Nicole rest. to watch Yeah. And I appreciate that. Plus your, <laughs> your followers on your Instagram. Who did uh, film.foods vote for? Pretty sure they voted for me. Yep, you're right. Dimitri? Dimitri voted for you as well. Bastard. (laughs) I voted for you. I voted (laughs) twice for you. Were there just two votes that I did and that's it? No, there were four four votes in total. um, And you were two of them. Brilliant. There we go. Artemis Fowl. I can't wait to hear what you think of Artemis Fowl. Have you got a film in mind for next time then? For the next part? No, I am looking. I'm on my list of films for you. All right. Well, I've got, I'm putting a musical ban on it. For this week. For the rest of time. No. (laughs) You can't do that. I know what I'm choosing for you. It's called The Fanatic. The Fanatic. Stars John Travolta. Okay. Um, it's directed by Fred Durst, the bloke from Limp mm-hmm. Biscuit. And it's, it's uh, again, it, I've not seen it, but it sounds like it's one of those, it's so bad, it's almost funny. Okay. I don't know. Um, it might be, it might just be a, a poor taste film, who knows. But it, I want to see what it's like and I don't want to watch it. So hopefully you will have to watch it. The fanatic. There was. I was going to choose a Disney film, but then you've also said no musical. So <laughs> I've, and I've, I've given you music-based films the past couple of times, so I will give you yes. a break on that. Um, I'm gonna go. Okay, this is a also a film that I kind of want to. I'm almost tempted to watch it myself, but if you get to watch it on Stitch Up, brilliant because I'm <laughs> okay. There's been a lot of shit reviews for this as well. Right. So Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Okay, right. So you've chosen for me Fantasy Island and I've chosen for you The Fanatic. We've done it. So 20 hours later. 20 hours, 20 hours later, yeah. But we got there in the end. We always do. We always, yeah. we always get there in the end, don't we? Yeah. 
cup, I've cup yet. Um, <laughs> what are we doing? I'm What's just trapped in this shit joke bubble. I can't get out of it. Constant. Have you had? Have you eaten something, Dan? I had an egg. Right. Oh. So that's it. So we've done. We've done this. We've done this episode. It was uh, two, two, two films directed by females. Next time is our food-based episode, and we'll be watching Raw and One Hundred Foot Journey. You're going to be watching Artemis Fowl. So that about wraps it up then. So if you want to catch up with me, I'm on Instagram at flick.face, on Twitter at flick underscore face. If you want to email us, email at twinpixpod at gmail.com. Where can we see you on the internet? You can find me on the, on the Instagrams. On the Creative. Or if you want to see my personal uh, Insta, you can check me out on Chikanika. See yep. all my little nature. Like uh, walks that I've been on lately. Well, your nature walks with your sheep, your sheep. Yes. Nature walks in the garden. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. I live on a farm. I might as well just sit outside all day, and I'll be like, "Yep, yeah, back not? to nature." Why not? I'll be milking those cows. I know you haven't got cows. <laughs> I mean, a metaphorical cow, like an imaginary yeah. cow. Have you got imaginary cows? Yeah, that's sure. that's what I would do. Milk an imaginary cow. <laughs> You just have to tease it out. You just have to tease it out. Right, let's finish this because this is getting, going into a weird place. <laughs> I'm going to go off to play my computer games now for a week. So I'll see you next awesome. week. See you next week. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.